Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted today? Our last podcast was about some screen time rules for summertime fun. We know from having four kids ourselves that screen time can be a bit of a fight and a challenge as well as hearing, I'm bored. So we came up with a pretty cool or at least what we think is pretty cool, screen time rules for summertime fun. There is a JPEG, so feel free to email me for that, amber at amberscotchburton.com, or get me on Facebook or Twitter. So again, they're all under my name, Amber Scotchburn. And you probably hear that a lot, because I do start with that at the beginning of your every podcast. Um, So what we're going to talk about today, because I mentioned it in the last podcast, was just summer learning loss. So one of the reasons, as mentioned, that we did do summer's time screen rules, um, and hopefully, sorry, everybody knows what I mean by that, but time on device and time time on devices, sorry, and time on media. So that's where the screen time comes in. And so one of the reasons why is because, as mentioned, we don't want the fighting or the I'm bored to happen. But the other reason why we are doing this is because there is something called summertime learning loss or summer learning loss. And so what is summer learning loss? Well, all students actually experience losses Um, and what educators um, such as myself and researchers call the summer brain drain. So actually picture that for a sec, a brain kind of melting under hot water (laughs) and it's going down the drain. So summer brain drain. And that's when we don't educate um, our kids over the summer and they don't get to engage in any educational activities. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they need to have a worksheet or a workbook because that is a form of education and certainly if your child is liking that um, or likes that, then that would be a good option. Um, I was going to say opportunity and option at the same time. (laughs) So that would be a good option and a good opportunity to continue to develop their skills. But um, that doesn't have to be the way it is. If you're going to go with them hiking, it can be simply talking about maybe some different leaves that you see, different seasons, what they um, see around them in terms of science. Um, They could write a story about it. They could draw a picture. There's so many things that you can do with what you're probably already doing. It's just a matter of figuring out what that looks like. And so 
um, for our screen time rules, we've included a couple things to continue to stretch their minds. So we had them building or crafting something. We had them do worksheets or choose a research project. My one son signed up for one school course, but two courses that he just wants to do for himself. Um, we've also put things in there about physical education, so getting outside, as well as playing board games. So this way, you know, you are getting their brains just to stay active. And why is that important? Well, most students lose about two months of grade level equivalency. Sorry, I don't know what's up with me this morning. I'm going to start that over. Most students lose about two months of grade level equivalency. Maybe that's just really wordy. <laughs> they lose that in math in terms of their computation. See, I cannot speak. Computation skills. What do I mean by the computation skills? Um, sort of fluency of numbers, of <laughs> numbers. So um, that's when you're able to go 5 plus 5 is 10, 5 times 5 is 25, 25 minus 5 is 20. <laughs> Hopefully I got all those right. But um, it's basically just um, as I can talk, although apparently not today, people are able to do numbers in their head and keep it keep that fluid. Some of the main things are going to depend on their grade level. So you always want kids, no matter what the grade level, to be able to add and subtract. It might be really basic numbers to then more advanced, but definitely keep that part of the brain active. Um, multiplication skills, division skills, those are things that can be done easily and keeps the brain active. I mentioned in my last podcast that my kids are cooking. So they had to, I believe, double one recipe and maybe quadruple another or something like that. And they also had to substitute some different ingredients in because they ran out of something. And another thing we weren't allowed in um, the recipe that was the recipe called for. So they had to Google and look at what they could substitute it for. And was it an equal equivalency? So um, yeah, you just want to keep their brain their math part of their brain working and active because otherwise they're going to lose it. Think about that for anything, right? I don't know if anybody is into working out, but they say you lose uh, your muscle retention um, and mass. I believe it's either 24 or 48 hours if you don't use it. So same thing with your brain. And so you really want to read that, um, not read, you really want to use the math part of your brain. The next thing I want to talk about is reading. Without practice, they also lose reading skills over the summertime. So you really want to make sure that there's daily reading built in. And again, that doesn't have to be like, oh, you must sit and read this novel. Although if they enjoy that, then why not? But maybe there's a movie coming out this summer or this school year and you suggest to them that they read the book. Or maybe they've watched a movie or read a book and there's no sequel to it. So what would they do as a sequel? They could write a little bit. As long as they're writing or reading, um, or then writing and reading what they wrote, <laughs> then you're just keeping that part of the brain active. Um, parents consistently do cite summer as the most difficult time to ensure that their kids are busy. Hence us creating that screen time rules uh, for summer time fun sheet. So again, if you need that, let us know and we can send that to you. And really, I'll pretty much guarantee that there won't be a lot of boredom because there is so many things to do on it. Um, also, low-income students, so you know, just be aware if you are in a lower-income bracket that they actually read, uh, sorry, lose, my goodness, lose more than two months of reading in the summer. And so why would that be? Well, 
kids that are maybe from a higher income bracket would have their kids their parents potentially spending a little bit more time with them or they'd be able to send them to camps and so therefore there would be an engagement of the brain in that respect in those areas. If lower income kids there's not necessarily the potential that they're out doing those activities or having parents that can spend time with them or potentially even parents that could read with them. So that's why they would lose more than two because they would have started at a disadvantage and then just continue to lose more. Now, about two thirds of the ninth grade achievement gap can be explained by unequal access to summertime learning. So again, that would be for low income. And I think the reason they're citing grade nine is because they're citing that as being the end of elementary school, the beginning of high school, where the change in curriculum can happen quite substantially depending on where you live. So you guys can think of that from wherever you live, from whatever it changes to elementary school to the high school. And whatever grade that is, there's a transition gap usually in there. Because of course, when you're in a grade school altogether, the teachers could be talking about what is lacking and and hopefully they are and bringing the whole class up to speed on it. But when you go from one school to a completely different school, that's lost in translation. And so therefore, the teacher you're going to or the school you're going to may not know the gaps that kids have or the class had as a whole and so or even the curriculum really of the school had as a whole so that gap can get quite wider if you haven't had any practice over the summer in that. So you just really want to ensure that you're keeping the math and the language part of your brain fired up over the summer and there are lots of ways to do that as I mentioned it doesn't have to look traditional like pen to paper like a workbook or worksheets or textbook it can if a child prefers that or it can be part of it if maybe you're feeling not confident but really I just encourage you to engage with your children in finding or creating different projects and again depending on their ages depending on what parts they can do on their own go to the library absolutely go to the library and tell the librarian hey I would like to set up a program for my child this summer in terms of reading and keeping their mind active what ideas do you have and they'll most likely help you put a whole package together of books and give you ideas bring you to the sections they usually have reading programs or some sort of learning programs over the summer so maybe your child can go to that as well so I would google free summertime programs in the areas that you're in and see what there is Um, ask friends ask family, you know, there's lots of different opportunities for them to learn that don't have to look traditional. So you really do want to stop the summertime slide. And I wanted to just give you the factors behind why I'm saying that. And the research does show that kids lose over the two months. So you just want to be very aware of that and take some preventative measures. Don't think of it as do or die or really glum or anything. You just really want to make sure that you're building that in for your kids. And again, we do have a JPEG that includes um, building their brains and also limiting their screen time and having them earn it. So if you'd like that from us, just hit me up, amber at amberscotchburn.com. If you want to email me, amberscotchburn on Facebook or amberscotchburn on Twitter. (laughs) Can't forget my name now. So just to sum up the ideas, you can go to the library and as mentioned, talk to the librarian. Um, Sometimes they even have a specific children's librarian you can talk to, which is great. And they might have programs of their own. And just keep in mind, it's a scientifically proven fact 
that casual reading encourages children to work harder at school. So you really want to get them casual reading. It also broadens their perspectives. And uh, in addition, it accelerates their thought process. So kind of makes sense, right? If you read a lot, you have to be thinking about connecting all the dots on that. And um, if you listen to our other podcast on sharing stories as a parent, um, you want to think that's going to have the same benefits when they're sharing stories that they're reading. And I don't think I mentioned also that children can get really great research skills, right? So you go to the library and you have a topic or an author you're trying to find and it's sort of like a sleuth mystery (laughs) to go and find that information. And again, you can ask the librarian for help. There's usually a computer system you can use and uh, help your child navigate and um, figure out more research skills. It's awesome. And have them choose things that they really like. Usually in the school year, it's kind of prescribed things that they have to research or study. This can be that they can just use their brain in terms of what they're really curious about. And if you do do any sort of daily journal with your kids, um, we do encourage our kids to have one. And so things like um, deep thoughts we say to put in it or questions. And we may not necessarily get to them in the school year. And so it's an opportunity in the summer too to kind of go back to their journal and say, what question did I have? And how can we figure that out? So um, the library is great for that. Um, I don't think I mentioned yet volunteering for a day. So uh, it could be a day or it could be longer than a day really over the summer. Seeing where your child's interests lay and um, seeing what exists out there. There's lots of organizations that will be able to tell you the different places that they can volunteer. And what does volunteering do? Well, it could give them an opportunity, sort of in a selfish respect, to see what they like, if that field of work would interest them if they go volunteer there. But it also gives them compassion for what the other job is that they would be volunteering for. And it gives them leadership and organizational skills, which, I mean, who doesn't want their kids to have those? And how you can figure out what a good place to volunteer is write a list of everything that interests both your child and you and if you want to do it with them then you'd see a crossover between the two lists if it's just for your child then have them figure out what they really like to do and um, find out a place with them and then you can look at the list you can google different places you can look in the yellow pages I would suggest to you if you really want them to develop their leadership skills have them call the places um, even have them google the places but definitely you can have them call them and have a list of questions some questions might want to be something like you know is there an age restriction is there volunteer training that has to be done so those would be some good starting questions and uh, who is the right person to talk to about it and the like. So there's lots of opportunities for kids to volunteer. Um, Our town has an actual it's called Nanaimo and it actually has www.volunteernanaimo.ca and so that lists a bunch of places you can volunteer in Nanaimo. But like I said, always check Google, post it on Facebook and ask people and um, you're going to get lots of ideas and lots of help figuring out because really who doesn't want to volunteer? And as I mentioned, it gives your kids organizational leadership skills and compassion skills and helps them see if it's something that they're really interested in or it's something that maybe they 
they'd want to do um, as a hobby, but maybe not as a career, or maybe they would want to do it as a career and not as a hobby once they've tried it. I mentioned also going out for hikes and walks and interacting with nature, go to the beach, whatever you're going to already do with your kids. You can make that into some learning fun and some brain uh, activation. There are so many different things you could do with that. As mentioned, you could look at the leaves and look at the colors changing and examine different scientific things. Maybe you go out there with a question and you answer the question or you come back in after you've done the hike and you or went to the beach and had more questions. Again, you could go to the library and get books, but you know what? You could even have them watch an educational video um, on YouTube about it or a documentary on TV about it. And they could discover so much more about the places that they had just had just been sorry or the science behind where they've just been so definitely getting them outside and getting them active in nature will um contribute to their brains being able to grow and it's pretty neat if you're able to take um, a camera an old school camera or a phone camera (laughs) maybe no using the actual texting while you're out there though and you can record the adventure with pictures that can go in a scrapbook after you can write about it Um, you can do something special at the destination you could go for a picnic or you could go for a swim or you know I don't know we used to have something growing up called the Yabba Dabba Do Rock so we'd go for a hike we'd go to this specific rock and then we'd jump off it and we'd go yabba dabba do. So we called it the yabba dabba do rock. And that was sort of special on that hike. Um, we do a hike with our kids now and we usually can go to the store and pick one junky thing as a family. And we'll do this pretty severe hike. And when we get to the top, we're allowed to have the junky food. So that's sort of a tradition that we do. And then just explore with your kids. What do they find interesting? And what are those capturing their um, minds and their brains and their curiosity and so you could do that actual thing at repeated times during the year and see different things too. I mentioned cooking and I mentioned that my kids have done that and I did talk about that already so cooking with your kids is awesome and as they get older they can start to learn to cook things. I did see on Facebook one of our followers um, had decided to make her kid a cookbook so in terms of make it um, she got a binder and put a picture of him on the front and called it his cookbook and he is now going through recipes so family recipes so he's familiar with them and we'll be putting them in there and then adding his own. There's lots of camps kids can go to. There's camp for days, camp for weeks. There's overnight camps. So look into camps. If it's not within your budget or you're a little worried about it being within your budget, check out what kind of scholarships or funding they have. Uh, Kids can list learn a range of different things. There's everything from, you know, gymnastics to arts to um, science camps to, I've seen survivor camps, I've seen lifeguard camps. So there's a huge range. And again, they can be day or uh, a week long camp or an overnight camp. So check different options for your kids for that. And they can range in price as well. The city will definitely, uh, or I shouldn't say definitely, but typically will have a camp that'll be maybe a lower priced than a private one. And it gives them an opportunity to meet new kids, try new experiences and, um, you know, not be bored. So I really hope that that was helpful for you guys today. I thank you so much for listening and good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. 
please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.